He's calling out love in you guys, in all of us, as a community of believers. This morning, um, as um, I'm, I'm going to bring a word to you, because um, as I was praying on, uh, on, was it, it was Saturday night, and um, I woke up, and uh, no, it was not Saturday, it was uh, Friday night, and the Lord kind of like, I woke up, and I had this phrase, He has made us a community of believers, and I want to just unpack that for us today and just see what, where the Lord leads. I really believe that there, it's a prophetic morning. And I believe the Lord is going to release some new faith for things that God wants to do in our lives as a community of believers. Amen? Amen. And so I'm just going to start by praying. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your goodness, and I thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you for the countless years that you've been faithful to us, day in and day out. Lord, you, you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. And Lord, I thank you that you are good. You're a good Heavenly Father. And I thank you for taking care of us over these years. And Lord, I just pray right now that you would just speak through me and that your, your power, what power would be made manifest. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I think there's a, in this word, I believe there's a two-part to this. Because I think there's a prophetic aspect to it that God is calling us into. But then I think it's a call to where we're at right now as well. And so I'm just going to start with where we're at. So God has made us a community of believers. I don't know about you, but the first time that you came into this, bu- this building, there was an element of faith that you just, it was like a wall you hit. Where people believe God. In this place, people believe God. Right? Amen? People believe God. We're we're a people who trust God, and we're a people who've watched God's faithfulness countless times. I'll just I'll just name a couple. I know uh, Richard in the the video pointed it out, but in with a tent, God raised nineteen thousand pounds for a tent. Amen? Amen. In in one week, in one week, God raised nineteen thousand pounds for a tent. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God not only just did that, but during COVID, God preserved us, but he, we're only a small church out of all of the churches in Cardiff, and yet God used us as a standard in this land to, to raise a standard and go, no, we're, it's, we need to, we're necessary, we're essential, we're essential because of who he is, yeah, because without him, we're nothing. So there's an element of, of what he's made us to be a part of um, a community of believers. I can't. As a community of believers, we believe in the full gospel. Amen. We believe in the full gospel. That it's not just that Jesus came and he died on the cross and he rose again. And you have to suffer through this life and then you'll get saved at the end. But that he gives healing, he gives deliverance, he gives salvation for now. There's a personal relationship that you can have with Jesus today. Amen? Come on, you guys. You guys need like some wiggles or something like that. Because you go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is it. Uh Uh-huh. So I, I I want a little bit more interaction with you guys. Amen? Hey, there we go. You're awake. 
We are believers in, in a God of signs and wonders and miracles. I don't know about you, but watching that video, and it's just like, oh yeah, there's a healing there, and there's a healing there. God restored my life here. God did that. And you're just like, yeah, every, every week that someone comes up, I, I guarantee you pretty much every week someone gets healed in this place. That is not normal for, for many churches. That's not normal. But it's normal here because he's made us a community of believers who believe him. Who believe him, who go, yes, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I know that um, when, uh, when I, before coming here, I was a part of a church and we would go out evangelizing and there was this one guy who would be, we would go out and he would be like, yeah, we can really expect that God can heal someone. And I was like, oh, can you really actually like expect that? Wouldn't that be putting God to the test? That, we can't expect that of God. Like what, what, if, what, what if it doesn't happen? Then where would we? But there's a level of faith that he's brought me into from that point where it's like, no, it's in his word. He promised it. I believe it. I'm trusting him. And I've seen it countless times, time and a time and time again, where you, yeah, he's healed. He's healed. He's healed. He's healed. And I just want to encourage you guys that some of you were born into this, right? You became a believer during this. And it's like you come to church and you're like, yeah, of course God heals. Yeah, everybody gets healed. Yeah, God moves in my life like this. Don't ever lose that place of believing him. Don't, don't let the devil say, no, he can't. Oh, this one's too much. Oh, it's too little. He could do the big things, but, you know, oh, maybe this is just inconvenient. You know, you're being an inconvenience to God. No, big and small. We are believers in the word of God, amen? Yeah. That the word of God is the final authority. And it's something that we can hold our life to. That he, he's, 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 in, he's written it, and we can trust it. That there's nothing, nothing that we can go, oh, well, what about this? It, can't, it doesn't contradict, contradict itself. It's something that we can rest our whole lives on. We believe in the power of a lifestyle of worship and corporate praise, Amen? You come in here and we're worshiping for about an hour. That's what we do because we love to worship. And there's power when we worship because he inhabits the praises of his people. And we draw near to him with thanksgiving and with praise. And so this is the door in which we come in. And God, he moves. He does. He comes, he comes in power. We believe in the power of prayer. Amen. That God, the God of the universe who spoke life into existence will answer our personal prayers. He'll answer not just our personal prayers, but our corporate prayers. That God hears and listens. He's made us a community of believers who believe him. We believe in the intentional discipleship to walk in the fullness of your identity in Christ. That it's not just about getting people in the door and getting people saved but that there's a maturing aspect that you know your identity in Christ, that you get to walk in who God has made you to be, in the fullness of that. Amen. Amen. And we believe in serving one another. Amen. Amen. That it's not just me and Jesus and I can just do it me and myself, but that 
I can come and I can serve you. I can wash your feet. I can wash your feet. And it's not about me, but I want to love you because he loved me. And I get to show that. And I'm not looking to expect, oh, give me, give me, give me. But I can come and take a low, a low state and I can wash your feet because that's what he's done for me. So these are these things that we believe. But God has really established us over these 11 years in faith. Amen? Amen. Somewhere in Bottleland. There we go. He's established our faith where there are things that God has believed. And I just want to, there's a, like when you were speaking about the different buildings, I really believe that the Lord is, he's, he's kind of given you his free reign. But you, you, you've got to do something with it. He's given you that, that million pound. I remember there was a credit card that God said, I've, I'm going to give you my credit card. But you've got to step out into it. And I believe that whatever size building that you build, he'll fill it. Because he trusts you. I do. But he's just like, it's up to you. Like, I'll, you have freedom. <laughs> I want to respond to that. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I agree. But God has also built in me from the very beginning where he's not let me run without others. Because I could just go and do my own thing. And I can see it. I can see it. I've seen it for a long time but he's not let me go and run at it alone. He's built within me that, I don't know if it's desire or necessity, I have to take others with me. And the level of faith, it has to be something that is more of a corporate, at least if you wanna call it leadership and then those, because it's not something I do alone. It's something that we do. And there's, a, there's a, a level of faith where, yes, and getting to see it, but sometimes I feel like, why do I have to wait for everyone to catch up? Sorry. But the need to see that others like, yeah, I see it too now. Yes, we'll run at this together now. And that's where the believing believers come in, where as a community, we're like, no, we're going for this because God has promised Amen. And so who's ready to believe? Who's ready to trust God for more? Who's ready for an expansion in your being comfortable? Where God might say give and you're like, but I don't have enough. And he says give. Oh, I didn't hear as many amens. Amen. Where God goes and then he'll show you that he's faithful. Because he doesn't just go, I'm going to leave you in lack. Because he's like, I'm doing this because I want to show you that I'm provider, that I'm protector, that I'm your, your sustainer, I'm your help. I'm the God who fights for you. Amen? Amen. And so we can trust him. And because he's, he's shown us throughout each, each moment in history that we've had, right? He's shown us that he's faithful. He's faithful. I'll provide. I'll heal. I'll restore. I'll come. I'll meet with you time and time again. And so he's made us a community of believers. Amen. And there's this, there's an invitation to come into this community of believers because 
if you don't follow Jesus and you don't love Jesus and you're not walking with Jesus, then though you may come to church, you're really not part of the community of believers. You might be able to, you know, oh, I'll come sing songs and I'll be able to dance with everybody and I'll, you know, kind of sit and watch and see God heal here and heal there and do this. You're not a part of it. There's only one, one way that you can be a part of it. It's through Jesus Christ. He alone makes a way. And it is unlike anything else. I grew up in church. So I know what it's like to participate in church without knowing him. And I tell you, it's a thousand times better to participate knowing him because he's worth it and he's awesome and he's holy and he's great and he's majestic and he's worth following. He is. You don't, you don't waste your life if you follow Jesus. You don't. But there's this invitation that for those that maybe are, you're sitting on the sideline. Maybe you do come to church every week. But you're sitting on the sideline and God's saying, no, I don't want you just to be, I don't want you just to come to church, but I want you to be a part of the community of believers here. And that's through Jesus. And tell him, Jesus, I'm done sitting on the sideline. I'm done doing my own thing. I'm done following my own path. I'm, 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 I'm sorry for my sin. I want to follow you. You be Lord of my life. And there's a community of believers, not just here, but all around the world that you get to be a part of. It's amazing. It's like none other where you can come, you can go to another place in the world and you can join with other believers and there's a fellowship that you have that's unlike anything else. It's like your family like that. It's like you know them because they know him. And so that's how you get to be a part of that community of believers. But God has made us a community of believers. Amen? Amen. And I think this is where he's calling us into. Because he's made us a community of believers. And in that community, he's calling us to function well. Amen? When you have an engine that doesn't function well, you might have all the right pieces, but if they're in the wrong places and they're doing wrong things or whatever it is, it's not going to function well. It doesn't. And so what he's calling us into is to be a community of believers that functions well in a community. And what, what's at the center of that community? I'd say... The thing that he's calling us into is, is love. See, if you turn to John 13, 35. John 13, 35. John chapter 13, verse 35. And it says, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So he doesn't say, that by, by this you'll know that uh, you are my disciples. They'll, they'll know that you're my disciples by how many demons they get cast out. 
or by how many healings you have, or by how many prophetic words that you've received, or by how many people attend your church, or how um, great the sermons are. He says that they'll know you by your love for one another. Amen? So he's taken us into this area of faith where God has established us in faith that we believe God. And we're trusting God. And we've got a group of people here that are full of gifts and things like that, that they're like, whoa, I didn't know I could lay hands on the sick and they can recover. I didn't know I could hear from God. I didn't know that I could speak in this way. And now God wants to do a character work in us. Amen? He wants to establish us, that it isn't that we're going out on a, on, a, on a Saturday doing evangelism, praying for the sick, and then getting drunk on the Saturday night, and then come into church like hung over the next morning. Yes. He doesn't want that from us. That destroys your testimony. That it completely, it puts it in the poop. Because they're like, you're no different than me. Yeah, you could do some cool tricks, I guess. But there's no establishing in you. And God wants to establish you in this time. He wants you to walk in a holy way. Walk in a way that glorifies him. Walk in a way that not just what what you do with laying hands on the sick or giving a prophetic word. But your life, the love that you have in you. People go, you love differently. You love differently. You love your spouse differently. You're not just treating your spouse like everybody else. Oh, well, you know, they talk bad to me, so I'll just talk bad to them. No, he's calling, he's calling out love in you guys, in all of us, as a community of believers. That we are a community. That God has placed us together as brothers and sisters in Christ, as a family, as that video showed. Countless times. We're a family. And as a family, we want to function in love. Amen? We want to function in holiness. Amen? We want to function in character. That it isn't just by the words that I say that I follow Jesus, but the life that I live that they can see that I follow Jesus. There's something different. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Yeah? So this is the next, as we come into this 11th year, like, it's the 12th year, yeah. It would be the 12th year. Let love be our portion. Let love be our portion. Let's stop quarreling with one another. Let's stop fighting. Stop trying to, oh, I'll be better than you, or you'll be better than me. Oh, I just want to get up. But let love be the portion. So 1 Corinthians 13, chapter one, uh, verse 1, it's kind of known for being the, the love passage. But we're going to look at what love is quickly. Because it really just shows the difference between someone who's just gifted and someone who, who functions in gifting and functions in love. Because gifting is never to be served, it should never serve you, it should serve the other person. It should never be like, oh, I get to have a prophetic word for you, that makes me great. I don't really care what it happens with you. No. 
oh, great, I can lay hands and they get, they get to be recovered. But, I, you know, I don't really care that you get re- I just, I'm so glad that God used me in that. Look at me. No. God made us a community to love one another. So it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I, that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my, gi- my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is, is not puffed up. does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Amen? How... How awesome of a community would, would it be if we functioned in those? We would just, there would just be a flow where everybody just does their part and it's not like I have to do this to be seen or whatever it is, but I just want to serve you and I want to love you. Being a community of believers that believes in others really affects how we we treat each other. Do you believe in the person next to you? Turn to them. Look at them. Look them in the face. Do you you believe in them? (laughs) That God's not finished with them. God hasn't overlooked them. God hasn't forgotten them. But then God is moving in their life. This is something that we need to remind ourselves, amen? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I, you know, I look over and I'm like, oh, Douglas could be further along. I'm just kidding. But no, but you do. You look and you start going and you start comparing. Oh, they should be further along. They should be further along. And God's like, you should be further along. And that's not what God wants us to do. See, the devil, he, he actually stands before God and he accuses you day and night. He does. That's his language. Don't speak his language. He's the accuser, not us. You've been bought with a price. Don't go back to the slavery. Because the devil wants you to use his language because then you stay put where you're at. He wants to cut off because God has made us a community. Because that's how we grow. He's made us, if you saw a hand walking down the aisle, would you think it would be normal? You'd be like, where's the rest of the body? So why do you think you can walk by yourself in your Christian walk and think that you can survive without anybody else? You're part of a body of Christ. That's what he says. 
in one sense, you would be like, that's gross. Why are they doing that? So function in the body of Christ. Because God has put us together as a community of believers. He hasn't left you as an island by yourself. He hasn't gone, okay, well, you're, you're okay. You can do it. You've got all of the giftings. You could just do it all by yourself. No. He hasn't. That's pride talking. So being a community of believers that believes in others because we know the Christ is in them affects how we treat others. It really does. It has a very practical outworking. And this is what I love because God isn't just like, oh, just do it. Figure it out. He's like, hey, do it this way. Let me give you direction because he's a good heavenly father. He doesn't leave us go way, wayward and he just like goes, you've crossed the line, you've crossed the line, but he doesn't tell us where the line is. He gives us instruction in the way that we should go. And so Ephesians 4, chapter 29, uh, chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 and 31. Actually, it's till 32. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse, starting in verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil quarreling be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I know when I was growing up, my mom would have us recite verse uh, 32. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God is in Christ has forgiven you. And I just remember that because, you know, you argue with your brother or sister and then, oh, and she would be like, no, be kind, be tenderhearted. And as we're brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes we have that, where we need that reminding because we go with each other. And God's like... Hey, be kind to one another. <laughs> but I, I, I want to say there's a specific thing that I want to say today. Because God has given us a word that we're a prophetic people. Amen? That's the word that's constantly, he's, 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 he's made us, uh, we're, we, we were kind of functioning really evangelistically. And now God is kind of gearing our direction to be a prophetic people. And if God is being is establishing us be, to be a prophetic people, then we need to be careful what comes out of this. We need to be careful what we say. Because if God took seriously what you said, then where would that leave you? I just want you dead. I want a divorce. I'm tired of you. You're just stupid. And you're a prophetic people? What if God took seriously those things? And I want it to be sober. Because God, he has, this is his declaration. He's made us a prophetic people. So he's going to take 
He's going to, he's going to listen to what you're saying. And you have a choice. What are you going to speak? Are you going to use the gift of God that God has given us to build up or to tear down? Are you really going to use the gift of God that God has given us to tear down your family? To tear down friends? To tear down your brothers and sisters in Christ? To tear down your leaders? To tear down the community? Man, that would be a waste of a gift that on the opposite could speak life into your family to see wholeness and fruitfulness, to see life reborn. Love just come. Out of staleness, life. Friendships birthed. And God just doing amazing things in our, in our body. Right? And so I just think that there's, in this, there's, a, there's a, a very real warning for us. That we need to be a people that mind our words. We're good. Okay. Amen. <clears throat> and I just want to say, <clears throat> some of you guys might be thinking, I'm not a prophetic person. <clears throat> That's for you. You're a prophetic person. This person's a prophetic person. My voice has gone really weird. <clears throat> that person is a prophetic person. But if you look at Acts chapter 2, he calls everyone a prophetic person that believes in Jesus. So if you follow Jesus today, you are a prophetic person. Yeah? He says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. He, you're on your <clears throat> maidservants and on your male servants, I will pour out my spirit. <clears throat> he doesn't leave it to, oh, it's only for this person or that person. He says, every single one of you can prophesy. And whether you believe it or not, you're just, you know, Believe the word, because it's true. So if you're thinking, well, that, 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 I don't really need to watch what I say, because I'm not prophetic. No, you are. And this is a community of believers that he's made us. Amen? <clears throat> Sorry. So this next season, God is going to take very seriously what you say. So take guard on what you say. So if, if God is going to take our word seriously, how should we function? So if we're looking back at the, the passage, it says, let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. It's very, now it's let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Don't let it come out. And some of you might be going, well, you know, sometimes it just slips. Well, tell him, Lord Jesus I need you to tame my tongue. I need you to tame my tongue. Because I'm feeling like every time I, oh, I just want to slip out. Now, I guarantee you, there's a moment, and sometimes it only lasts for a couple seconds, that right before you go to say it, it's like, don't say it. And that's the Holy Spirit. Okay? And there's like this moment where you're, you're just about to lay into them, and 
it's like, no, don't do it. Or you feel that like resistance in your heart. No, I shouldn't do this. That's the Holy Spirit restraining you. But if you don't take that step at that moment, it's just going to get harder to say no, to shut your mouth. I guarantee you. Just speaking from experience. So in that moment, shut your mouth. Don't let, don't let it. When it comes to the door of your mouth, stop it. So when you're in your, in your, in your relationship with your spouse or with your kids, don't let unwholesome words come out of your mouth. Don't let words that will corrupt. But it says what to do. Can you pull that up? In verse uh, 29. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. God, through your words, can impart grace to other people. So in that moment, when you're in an argument, and there seems to be a fight going on, God, in that, don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but impart grace to the hearer. Lord, what, what do I need to say that I can impart grace? Because we're, we seem to be fighting. We don't see eye to eye. But God, we want to follow you, and we love you. And so I want to impart grace to that person, because I want to build them up so that we can continue on in our fight, in our fight seeing God um, glorified. Yeah? So the person that you're arguing with, if they're a believer in Christ, if they're your spouse, if they're your kids, if they're, you know, a person in Christ, if they're your leaders, they're not your enemies. They're not your enemies. So when you're in a, because sometimes in the middle of a fight, what do you do? You think that they're just totally against you. And so I'll just, I'll just say this and I'll say this and hopefully you'll wake up and see how silly you are. But it doesn't work, does it? But what if God could give you words of grace that actually builds them up so that it doesn't provoke them to anger, but it encourages them to build them up? Man, how healthy would that be? What would your marriage look like? What would relationships look like? If you look to every time you had an, a disagreement with your spouse or disagreement that you, you look to build them up, I want to impart grace in this conversation because I'm not fighting you. I'm fighting the devil and we're, we're, we're wanting to see his kingdom come. Lord, let it sink in because you have, this is what it says. This is the word of God. It's not what I'm saying. You're not basing it upon me. Well, that could never happen. Oh, but we could never do that. Well, no. By the Spirit of God, you can do it. Because if he calls you to it, he'll bring you through it. He'll equip you for every good work. Amen? Amen. So by the Spirit of God, you can do this. You can let no, one, no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it, it may impart grace to the hearers. You can speak grace. Grace is a supernatural enabling. So maybe you don't, maybe with money issues, you're not, you just don't know how to figure it out. You're both, oh, oh, we don't know how to do this. Where should we put our money? Where should we do this? Where should we put the kids to school? Where should we take them here? What should we do here? And in those moments, you can impart grace to the other person. That they can have supernatural enabling to help, to give solutions. 
You can do that because that's what the word of God says. And sometimes you're like, well, I just don't know what to say. Okay, then stop and pray. So when you get in a disagreement, stop and pray. Say, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know where to go. I'm feeling at my wit's end. But you do. And you say that I can impart grace to the other person. And I want to do that right now. I don't want to destroy the other person. I want to build them up. I don't want to let corrupt words come out, come out of my mouth. I want to build that person up. Because we're in this together. If the one sinks, you both sink. So I want to I build you up. So you can ask and you can stand and pray. As a body of Christ, you can do it. Where sometimes, sometimes people say things wrong. Sometimes the people offend. Sometimes they do it intentionally. Sometimes they do it unintentionally. But you don't have to let any corrupt word come out of your mouth. But you can edify them. Build them up. Lord... Wow, they really snapped at me. I should snap back. No. Lord, what are you doing in their life? What's happening right now? What's going on in their heart? Remember, we're prophetic people. So we can ask the Lord these things. And he can actually give you a real response. Oh, I just feel like this. I feel like they're, they're really struggling in this aspect of their, their, their marriage, maybe, or with their kids. Or maybe they just had a really bad night's sleep. They probably don't mean it. So I can then, in that moment, I can turn around and maybe I don't say anything. Maybe later on and just say, you know, I love you. I see you. You're okay. Can I pray for you? Thank you. That's what I needed. It gives no room for the devil. No room. No room. Because it's so easy. It's so easy. Well, they snapped at me. I'm going to snap back. Oh, they had an attitude at me. I'm going to have an attitude back. No. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. God wants to establish love in our midst. More so. Right? He wants to establish us in character that not just what our healing and uh, power and sign gifts but that in character, our lives will reflect him. Change does not happen by yelling and arguing. Change happens when you build them up in, in, with your words. And I think this is also key, as this is our 11th year of, of being a church, which is amazing, amen? Then our words towards even leaders needs to be that way. Don't let any corrupt word proceed out of your mouth towards leaders. But what is good for necessary edification? Edify your leaders, whether it's your life group leader whether it's your, you know, maybe you're, you're helping out in, in something like with Kids Zone or something like that or teas and coffees. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth, but build them up with your words. Amen? And even with Pastor Wade and Claire, 
There's um, Jeremiah Johnson wrote a word this past week. He's a prophet in the U.S. He said, if you are attending a church and consistently find yourself in conversation with individuals who disagree with the vision and leadership, have a need to nitpick every sermon service and are slowly drawing people to themselves with their own gifting, make no mistake, there are demonic spirits at work. Over time, these individuals will stir up division, gossip and slander, all demonic. They will eventually either be asked to leave the church by the leadership, operate in a demonic spirit and cause a church split, or stay and repent to the leadership for usurping their God-given authority. It is so important to find a church home where you can support the vision, leadership, and volunteer your gifts to the body. However, if there just doesn't seem to be the connection that you had hoped for, do not give the devil a foothold by criticizing the leadership vision and engaging in secret conversations that promote bitterness, dishonor, and discord. Pray about where God wants you. You might have to drive an hour one way for church, move out of state, or even plant your own church. There is definitely a whole a church home for every believer in Christ, in Jesus Christ. But God will never bless those who cause division, make disciples after themselves, and rebel against godly authority. Keep your eyes and ears open in this season to the conversations that people in your church are having with you about leadership, vision, and service. Are they promoting unity, love, and good deeds among the believers? Or are they partnering with demonic spirits and causing confusion, division, and unrest? The Holy Spirit is speaking very clearly right now. We need to be careful because we don't want to tear down our leaders. We don't want to tear down our leaders, our elders, our leaders, Pastor Wade, Pastor Claire. Let our words be ones that edify towards them because they need grace. We all know that Pastor Wade was in hospital this past week and we were able to pray for him. Let it not just be on those occasions where he's, he's hurting or in hospital that we pray for him. Let it be a, count, a constant thing. Pray for the leadership. Pray for the leadership. They need your prayers. They, need you. they don't need your criticism. They don't need your accusations. The devil does enough of that. The devil wants to destroy what God's doing. But God wants you to build them up. He wants you to speak grace into their lives. I don't know how it's... It's probably really encouraging when you get a word for, from someone where someone goes, I was praying for you and this is what's happened. Where it builds up the, the pastor. Pray for them for a word from the Lord. When you're praying, Lord, what do you want to say to them? How do you want to encourage them? How do you want to keep them going? Because it gets tough. Because the, the Bible says if you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And we don't want, we want to protect our shepherds. We want to protect them with our, with our words because we don't want to be the ones that are causing division. We want to be ones that love them in our words. Now, that doesn't mean that we see everything perfectly. Maybe you see something, oh, well, they should be doing this, they should be doing that. Well, then pray for them because they need God's help. They need help. They need understanding. They don't see everything. They're not, per they're, they're not perfect. I mean, I think that's what Pastor Wade talked about last Sunday. He was up there and he misspelled two words. He's not perfect. And that's okay. Why? Because we're a body of Christ and we don't shove people's dirty laundry out. But we, we, we cover them and we protect them. And we build them up. 
Because they're taking us places. As a community of believers, we have leaders that are leading us and leading us in the way that we should go. Protecting us from false sheep, from, from wolves in sheep clothing. Protecting us from false doctrines. That you guys probably would have been like, oh, you guys do that? Yeah, they do that. That they don't allow you to go to the right or to the left, but they encourage you down the right path. Where they see things in your life and they're willing to call it out because they love you. Even if you get mad at them. But we want our words to build them up. And we want our, our prayers to build them up. So I encourage you. Even if you, because it doesn't mean that you won't see anything. It doesn't mean you have to have rose tids and glasses on everything you see. But it means that when you do see it, you're not, you're not gossiping. But you're, you're, you're bringing it back to the Lord. Now imagine if every single one of us did that. Every situation that you, you faced, that you're like, wait, this shouldn't be like this. We would really be a house of prayer for all nations. Because we would see things that, hey, this is not right. But God, you see it. Lord, would you, would you help them? Give them wisdom. Give them strength. Give them resources. Lord, what can I do to build them up? What can I do to put my hand to be able to build that part up? I see that this is, this is not happening. How can I build that up? How can I fill that spot? How can I help them? How can I strengthen them? How can I give them a word? How can I do this? Man, that, that seems like a well-oiled machine right? That seems like a body not fighting against one another, but working together to build each other up. Because God is making, making us a prophetic people. And if God listened to your prayers about our leadership, where would that leave them? Allow it to be ones that produce hope in a future. Like, oh God, we're too, I'm so excited for what's happening at New Hope and through Pastor Wade and Pastor Claire and through all the leaders. I'm so excited because God is being magnified. And because this is happening and this is happening and God's providing and God's doing that. And like Pastor Wade said, it's not all on his shoulders. It's all of us together as a community of believers coming together, joining together our gifts, our time, our investment to see his kingdom established. <clears throat> now, if that was you, if you feel like, oh, I've been not saying very nice stuff, maybe it's not to the, about the leadership, but maybe it's about someone else in the body of Christ, then I, I'm calling you, you need to repent. Maybe it's your spouse. You need to repent. You need to tell Jesus, I'm sorry, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to tear down my spouse. I don't want to tear down this person. I don't want to tear down my leaders. I want to build them up. Change me. Change the language out of my mouth. I'm not saying that overnight you'll do, oh. But when, that, when those moments come where it's easy just to, oh, I'll just say something. Stop yourself. Don't let any corrupt word come out of your mouth. But what is going to build them up? Because God is wanting to do amazing things. But if we're, not in, if we're working in dysfunction, it's not gonna, it's, we're not going to go anywhere. If a, car, if a car engine isn't working together, it, like this is going this way, oil's going over here, this is going over here, your car's not going to go anywhere. It's when it's built up and it's built properly 
it can function the way that it's called to. And God is wanting to do amazing things in us. Amen? He is. He's not done with you. He's not done with us. God has given many promises and prophecies over this place. And God is not finished, but he wants, he wants to do a work in our hearts that we, as a body, could function well together. I just want to, in the next verse, can you go to, yeah, there we go. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. That word grieve in the scripture is also used in other places for childbearing. It's that depth of grief and hurt and, oh, pain. So when you gossip and when you speak corrupt words about other people, you cause pain to the Holy Spirit. You grieve the Holy Spirit. It's not just that, oh, it doesn't really matter. Oh, my words don't really matter. No, they do. We need to recognize that our words are, God, we need to be people of, a prophetic people who builds each other up in our words. Because the reality is it, it doesn't just hurt the other person, but it grieves the spirit. And we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We want him here. We want him functioning and flourishing and coming and moving in power. Have you, I know I spoke about this in the, the, the start, but how many times have you looked at your, your ch- children? I've looked at Amelia and Elias, and they're fighting. They're fighting over like a toy. And you're like, why can't you just get along? Why can't you love one another? Why can't you just function well? Why can't you just, you know? And sometimes the, the father looks down on us and goes, why don't you just get along? Why don't you love each other? Your family. We're family. Whether that's, whether that's your husband, spouse, or whatever it is, whatever family, but your family. He's, caught, he's made us so that we get along. And it doesn't just affect relationship, but other people watch you how you do family. People watch how you do family. If you see a husband that doesn't, oh, I'm a Christian. I mean, I've, I've seen many people who have who've come to Christ and their parents professed Christ, but they didn't behave like they were believers. And how that scarred them from coming into church. Well, I don't want that. If that's Christianity, I don't want that. If that's Jesus, I don't want that. And husbands, you're, you're called to love your wives as Christ loved the church. So if Jesus is like that, I don't want that. When people watch your, they do, they watch you. And God wants to do a work in your family. But it starts with this. It starts with not, not letting unwholesome words come out of your mouth. So in verse 31, it says that all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, clamor is loud quarreling, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, evil intent. Don't let it be a part of us. He's wanting to really clear house. He's wanting to grab all of the poop and throw it out. 
because it doesn't have a place among us. This is, you know, you might be feel. oh, I just feel like it's really heavy right now. God brings conviction and the gift of repentance is from him because he gives you a change of mind. So tomorrow, after the service, it can be different. This next moment, it can be different. This next, the next week can be different. The next month can be different. That's what he does because he changes our mind. He affects how we walk. Amen? Amen. So don't feel like, I'm, man, this is heavy. I feel like, oh, no, I shouldn't have been doing that. I shouldn't say this. And I, I have been. Have I been doing this? Okay, repent. Turn to him. He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? So there's freedom and there's power in him. I don't want you to leave here and think, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. He's, he's calling you to walk in holiness, but it's by his power. It's by his power. So submit to him. Submit to God. Trust him. Spend more time with him. Because he wants your, his power made manifest in your life. So that these things are not even, I don't loud quarrel with anybody. I don't, I don't, fight, I don't have evil intent towards anybody. I don't have anger towards pre- people. I don't have wrath towards people. I don't have bitterness towards people. I can allow that to go. Because God is going to heal your hearts. And he's going he's to move in your lives so that no, I am not going to do this. But you've got to make a choice. You've got to make his choice. Are you going to do it? Because you might go, oh, that was a really good sermon. Oh, that's a really good pep talk. Okay, I'll just continue. And then you, you, you develop, you, you go into a fight with someone. And you haven't made the decision beforehand whether you're going to do it or not. But when you go, yes, I, I'm not going to allow any unwholesome words coming out of my mouth. I'm not. Lord Jesus, help me. I need your power. I need your help. Then when you come into this, you're like, nope, I've already made, a, I made my mind up. This is not what's going to happen. And so, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And watch how relationships will transform. There have been times where I'll, I'm in a bad mood. And I've, said, and I've like said things that I shouldn't say to Doug. And he just goes quiet. He doesn't respond to me. And it's just, the argument's gone. And I go and I sit and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But he doesn't have to, I have to apologize. So be the one who doesn't have to apologize. Be the one who closes their mouth. I'm not going to allow, I'm not, he, he didn't engage with me. You don't have to engage in everything. But you can love them. No, they're, they're hurting. I can love them. I can speak grace. I can, I can build them up. I'm going to pray for them. They must be really struggling. See the power when we flip things on its head? When the devil wants to come and destroy, we can turn around and go, hey, I'm going to speak life. So in the next part, it says, um, but be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving each other. Just, in, just using Jesus as the example. Just is, I'm just going to read it. Even as God in Christ forgave you. So he says, don't do this and then do this. Right? So I love that God doesn't just say, just don't do this. Because how many times have you been 
told, hey, I'm just going to stop eating sugar. And you're like, all you can think about is sugar. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. So he's like, don't do this, but I want you to do this. I want you to be kind to one another. Now, what does kindness look like? What does it look like? How does it function? I'd say Jesus is a pretty good example of it. So kindness is the woman at the well. Where everybody didn't like her. She was despised by the community. But Jesus took time to sit with her and talk. That's kindness. He made time for people. Kindness is the lady caught in adultery. Whoever's a sinner cast the first stone, and he wasn't the one that was going to cast the stone. So there's no, I told you so's in kindness. See, if you would have just listened in kindness. But love covers over a multitude of sins. I'm not going to count that against you. Jesus, on the cross, while he was bearing our pain, while he was bearing our, our, our infirmities in his body, he was bearing our sins in his body, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If, if Jesus is our example... then we can function in this. This isn't like, oh, it's too much. It's too far. I could never do that. No, you can. Because he set you free from sin. So don't go back to it. Slave is no longer your master. Uh, Sin is no longer your, your master. Jesus is. So he can. There is hope this morning. There is new hope this morning. Amen? That the relationships, they don't have to remain that they are, that like they are. But spouses can walk in kindness with one another. And they can function and flourish. I'd say the next thing is tenderheartedness. Has your heart become hard towards people? Sometimes when people hurt you over and over and over and over again, or they do something and they just don't learn, your heart becomes hard. And God wants to tenderize your heart this morning. He wants to soften it. Because when we love, we can get hurt. That's, that's, that's the portion of love. Jesus loved us. God, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And what did we do to him? We crucified him. He loved and we crucified. And yet he said, Father, forgive them. So if your heart has become hard towards people, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's you know leaders or whoever it is, whoever the Lord is bringing to your mind right now, then ask the Lord, to, Lord, I need, I need you to beat, I need you to make my heart tender towards them. I don't want this, I don't want this bitterness to remain. 
I don't want this unforgiveness to remain. I don't want this, oh, attention. God, I want to walk in kindness towards them. I want to walk with a tender heart towards them. I want to walk in a way that glorifies you. Forgiving one another. Just as God in Christ has forgiven us. This is what he's doing in this next season. He's going to work on our character. Sometimes it gets uncomfortable. That's okay. But I guarantee you, on the other side, you'll just be like, man, there's just so much fruit. Because he gives us the fruit of holiness. That's what he gives. But we got to obey his word. And so... Maybe your heart is, te- is not tender or your heart is, is hard. Then ask him. Tell him, Lord, I'm sorry for letting my heart get hard. I'm sorry for my heart being hard. Would you tenderize my heart? Would you make it soft? And then I'd say a practical way of tenderizing your own heart is by giving thanks for them, praying for them. And I don't mean just, Father, thank you for them. I'm, yeah, bless them. Amen. But like, Pray blessings upon them that you would want someone else praying blessings upon you. Father, I just pray that they would not have any need. Father, I pray for financial blessing. I pray that in their house, Lord, your presence would remain. I pray that it would just flow. Lord, I pray that you would just draw them closer to yourself. I pray, Lord, that they would have visions, dreams. Lord, that they would, they would know your name. You, they would know your voice. They would know your presence. Lord, that you would bless them. Lord, that they, wouldn't, they would have direction and vision. Lord, that they would have your peace in their homes. Lord, I pray for their kids that they would know, know Jesus. Like those kinds of prayers. Lord, just bless them. Because that will change your heart. Because it's hard to remain bitter towards someone that you're blessing. And that's how we dig out that bitterness. It's a root. And watch how God changes your heart towards them. And if there's unforgiveness, don't allow unforgiveness in your heart towards a brother in Christ, towards anyone really. That the, the Bible talks about that there's tormentors. Don't live in tormenting. God has life and life abundant for you. So forgive him. So I don't know where you are in all of this, maybe there were some things where like, no, I really, Lord, I really want my words to be seasoned with grace. Maybe, I, Lord, I really want this to happen. I, I want your, your, your life to flow. Then tell him. Be honest with the Lord. Be real with him. Because God is in, he's making us a community of believers that doesn't just reflect him in the gifts and the miracles and the signs and the wonders, but in our lifestyle of love. It will be. It will be in our lifestyle of love. When you lay hands on the sick and you actually care about them. Where you spend time. And God changes your heart where it becomes tender to the people you pray for and you minister to and that you're around. 
when it becomes tender to those in, in the body of Christ, when it becomes tender towards the leadership, when it becomes tender in these areas. God wants to build us as a community, as, as a community of believers that function as a community, a functioning community in love. So don't run away. Be a part of this community of believers. You're not an island. This community, many of you guys have found a home here. Amen? It is one that for 11 years has had the heart to bring new hope to lives as it has to those that have led it, who've led it. It is one that seeks to glorify Jesus in all that they do, and it is a community that loves to worship God. Amen? It is one that has responded to the voice of the Lord day in and day out. It is one that has gone through the challenges of COVID and fought the, the good fight of faith. It is one that has been in two buildings and praying for a third. It is a community that has loved through the hard times and has not given up hope. It is one who is a family that comes together and helps those in need. It is a community who has seen people saved from all walks of life and who believes that God can save anyone. It is a community that believes in the power of healing and who has seen God work wonders and healing miracles over these 11 years. It is a community that believes in the authority of God's word and who, see, who sees week in and week out, um, sees the preaching of the word of God without apology. And the effect is here to see. This community of believers believes that Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. This is a glimpse of the community of believe, believing believers. And for However long you've been with us as part of this community of believers, thank you for being a part of this community. We cannot, see, cannot wait to see all that God is wanting to do in this next, next decade as we all pursue Jesus corporately as a community of believers. If we allow his word to let, have its full effect in our lives, there is so much fruit that he wants to bring. Because it's not just for you. Your testimony of what God has done, just like countless times of healing. You first receive healing and then you're like, oh, God can do this through me? So if God can restore marriages, God restore friendships, relationships, God can raise up a people that bless leaders not tear them down, then what, what hope, what new hope can spark in other areas? Where maybe you know someone at work who's struggling in their marriage. Let your marriage be an example because Jesus did it in your marriage. What about friendships? Well, I, you know, there was unforgiveness between this person or that person and God instilled hope. 
So let this next decade be a season of new hope, not just for you guys, not just for us as a community of believers, but let it shine for the neighborhoods because this neighborhood needs it. This neighborhood needs people that go, no, I, I used to function like that with this in this area, but I don't do that anymore because of Jesus. And it's made me a better wife. It's made me a better uh, daughter. It's made me a better mother because I love Jesus and his love is flowing through me. And I would never be able to do this on my own, but he's done it in and through me. And you can, you can know that. You can have that. What hope? What hope? So maybe you need to respond to this message. Maybe you're like, Lord, I really want my words to be seasoned with grace. I want to build people up. I, I want to repent. Then maybe you need to respond. Tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want my words to be used like that. I don't want to be used like that. I don't want to be the devil's tool to destroy. I want to be your mouthpiece to speak life. You've made us a prophetic people. I don't want to be an accuser of my brethren, my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I want to build them up. I want to see the gold in people. And I want to call out the gold. So tell him. Don't let unforgiveness remain. Don't be filled with anger, mass, bitterness. Don't let that remain. Tell him. Tell him to give you a new tongue, a new heart. And then set in your mind, no, I'm not going to do this. Today, today is the day. Now is the time. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful day in and day out. Lord, you are true. And Lord, you have not left us, Lord, as orphans. You've not left us abandoned. But Lord, that each year, Lord, you've shown yourself faithful and you have remained. And Lord, I thank you for these years of, 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 of showing us your faithfulness through, through faith. Through, through seeing the signs and wonders, through seeing healings and, and miracles happen. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to do a deeper, deep work in us. Lord, that you're wanting us to walk not just in giftings, but in character. You're wanting us to walk in love, that love would have its full effect in our lives, that it would show up in everything that we do, that we love that we are your disciples because we love one another. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your goodness. And I thank you for what you have done today. Lord, I thank you that you give the gift of repentance. And Lord, I thank you for the fruit of godliness that's being sown. The seeds of godliness for fruit of godliness, for fruit of holiness. And so, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that your word would have its full effect in our lives. That our words as a prophetic people would be seasoned with grace. That they would be seasoned to build each other up. That they would impart grace to people. Lord, that we wouldn't destroy each other with our words, but we would build each other up. So, Lord, have your way. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen.